Good evening and welcome to El Oso Fumar Ticks. This is our 180th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host as always, Barry Duplissy, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show, a, sto- a show with polish, poise, style, class, all the right things in all the right places. Yes, but before we get to formal introductions of our guest of honor this evening, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Fortunately, Drew Estate did announce later last week that they would be canceling all remaining in-person events for the remainder of the year of 2021. It is a very sad day, but we will be celebrating DE25 at another date. In the meantime, you can still check out some of the latest and greatest from Drew Estate as you visit your local tobacconist, including the decade to dedication, the Drew Estate Undercrown 10, a bold new ultra premium addition to Undercrown's current premium lineup of Maduro shade and sun grown expressions to celebrate the brand its brand's anniversary in 2021. Drew Estate is getting all decked out. The tagline that denotes Undercrown's 10 elegant packaging and reinforces the pride of Undercrown's 10 years of excellence. The new sophisticated packaging is surpassed only by Undercrown 10's complex, rich, and bold blend of ultra premium aged tobaccos that includes the highest premium of Mexican San Andreas, a dark wrapper, the very finest broadleaf binder, and the Connecticut River shade uh, of the Connecticut River shade valley and a trip of blend of sip uh, of select and rare Nicaraguan tobaccos. So check out your local tobacconist today and your Drew, Drew Diplomat retailers, and you can s- sample some of Drew Estate's finest affair and get ready for DE25 when they announce their newest date to celebrate 25 years in the industry. And welcome, everyone. This is our 180th take, and I'm so pleased, and I'm so proud to welcome tonight's guest, sponsored by United Cigars, Smoke one today and start living united. Yes, it's Mr. Eddie Guerra of Davidoff Cigars. Eddie, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm super stoked about this. And uh, yeah, man, let's kick it off. As am I. I. Listen, I've been looking forward to this show for quite a while. Um, and I'm so sorry that it's taken me so long to get you on. Um, I've been a big fan I of this for a while. Good number. I know. Yeah. I, I figured to get you on a milestone show, you know, none, none of this, like, you know, the one ends in ones or threes or something like that. I mean, let's get you on like one of those nice, even numbers. And then that way, it, that, that way it is truly special. Yes. I just Thanks, insulted man. like, like, you know, three fourths of my else. guests, but that's fine. I mean, that's fine. They're not here. It's okay. It's all right. We're all, all friends. Right. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Well, Eddie, I know we're going to be talking about this project a little bit more in depth later, but I wanted to just kind of, we always kind of like to kick things off with what we're smoking and drinking tonight. So uh, I know you poured yourself something, I poured myself something, and we both lit up a cigar tonight. Uh, But so what are you uh, smoking and drinking? All right, smoking. um, The obvious no-brainer, the Avo Caribe that we just launched. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, So cigar of choice. It would have been the cigar of choice even if we didn't just launch it. Um, and then secondly, in spirit, I'm drinking rum tonight. I got two rums. I'm going to kick off the first one with Coconut Cartel, which is an unbelievable product, uh, which we could probably go into detail about it later, but it's incredible. Uh, and then the next following will be the Regal 1888. So we're well, going to... Let's dive into this now. Coconut right. Cartel. I have, I've honest to God, never heard of Coconut Cartel. What, 
Is it coconut? I'm going to ask the dumb question. Is it coconut flavored rum? Um, no, okay. but it does have coconut. So check it out. Um, oh, these guys may kill me. I don't know if they're legally allowed to this. I won't say the name. So this is a fantastic company that has a really cool concept. They used to import coconuts from Guatemala. Uh, and they were doing like, you know, coconut water straight out of the coconut. Uh, and it like became super popular. All the celebrities are drinking it and all this stuff. So they eventually, you know, they're mixing it with another super premium Guatemalan rum that I cannot mention. Okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but everyone should know what it is because it's the only premium rum everyone ever talks about. Uh, and they somehow, some way said, man, we're just going to stop making this coconut water stuff and start making rum. Uh, so they went to that distillery, that super famous one, and they used their 12 year old rum. So when all alcohol comes out of the barrel, you normally um, dilute it down with water to make it like 40% versus barrel strength. Mm -hmm. And these people, do the process of diluting it down with fresh coconut water. So it's fresh coconut water with 12 year old, um, amazing rum from Guatemala that starts with a Z. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So well, that, like that sounds that... coconut in it, but it, it's dude. It's like, uh, the extreme cocktail in one pour. It's amazing, but it's not the, it's not the, um, it's not that artificial coconut flavor or over. No, no, no. I mean, if you ever had real coconut water, like it's not even sweet. Right. It, yeah, no, it's not that at all. That sounds, that's so, that does sound fascinating. I'm up for that. It's, it's actually super, super, super delicious. Um, and I'm a purist. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my jam right now. Beautiful. Well, good. And then what was the other one that you're going to be drinking later? Brugal 1888. It's their top of the line uh, rum from Dominican Republic. Uh, why I love this one is because it's aged and sherry cast. I believe they're ex McAllen cast uh, sherry cast. So oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it, it's. I love anything that has sherry cast aging in, it, especially when I'm smoking cigars, because I feel like it, it takes it to another level of complexity and depth, and and it pairs quite nicely. So it's like even single malts. I love single malts with a uh, cherry finish just because I feel again, takes that extra step into it. So um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of this. I recommend it. I, I absolutely, uh, I love sherry cast finished uh, spirits as well. Um, I, I think that, and then I'm, I'm waiting for someone to do it with like a beer. And I know, I know that there's enough craft beer companies out there. I'm sure someone has done it. I just haven't seen it or tried it. Correct. But I'm sure it exists, man. I just don't know where. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, um, I am smoking uh, the Caribe as well. Uh, so someone was asking about the pronunciation. So hey, you were not alone. Uh, uh, you were not alone, Lou. I, I, I'm. I was asking Eddie right before the show. <laughs> so it's a uh, Caribe. If you want to, yeah. if you want to uh, pronounce it. Uh, somewhat as correctly as possible caribe and uh probably rolled my r's too much because it's not the double r but I, I i still it still sounds really good coming off still, the, it sounded I, sexy man i like that it was, it was really cool <laughs> but yeah caribe which is short for obviously caribbean 
um, I know we're going to dive deeper into it in, in a second, but, and then I'm, uh, I know you're a fan of tequila as well. And I, I dropped out, I uh, dropped down some of my Casita Pasión. Uh, it's a reposado. Dude, that's crazy that you're drinking that because I have that same bottle. Oh man, I love it. It's so good. So yeah, good. Great stuff. All right. So Very are you, I know you're a tequila guy too. Um, like, so do you go for the darker? Do you go for the Anejo or are you a silver? Yeah, man. Um, I, I'm definitely a sipper when it comes to tequila. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I will have some Blancos or Platinos, but like, that's normally like a la cocktail. Um, mezcal though, I will sip, even if it's a Hoven mezcal and it's white. No, but, uh, I'm definitely an Añejo or Reposado. It's crazy, you know, people think age makes everything. It's not. It's really about just what your flavor profile fits. So there's certain brands I just, I prefer the Reposado versus the Añejo. The Añejo just takes it too far. Um, the Reposado just hits right. And then obviously the other way around, the older, the better. Yeah, I'm overall, like, yeah, if you wanted to generalize, I would say with tequila, I'm more of a Reposado type. Um, I, I do like my rums a little darker so Correct. i toward i go i go towards the anejo um i really like those rich those rich rums that are like man it's like you could drizzle that shit over pancakes it's so good wow i say the same thing i, I say it's like angemima syrup yeah you know, it's it, it's just yummy it's so yummy you can't drink too much of it right no, it's exactly like, yeah, like when I drink rum, I don't want to drink bottles. Like, I just. It depends. <laughs> I suppose. Um, we're going to get into cocktails later tonight, too. Um, but um, I'm interested, do you, with Dark and Stormies, do you use an Ejo or do you use a, a more, do you use like a Blanco rum when you make it? No, that would be for an Ejo thing just because. I guess the recipe would call for it. Sure. I feel like Blanco is, dude, Blanco is the, the Paloma. It's the margarita. Um, you know, there's, you know, I've been getting really into it again. Like it's crazy. Is um, I do tequila with some Topo Chico, one dash of bitters, lime. And it's like really refreshing. goes down. Um, I could drink it like water, which is a problem, but it's, it's awesome. So other than that, it's, 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 it's repo time. I even enjoy repo margarita, but like, I like, I like to make them a little complex. I enjoy, love a tequila Negroni, but tequila Negroni is my jam. I've now have to try one. Yeah. I never thought about making it with, I don't know why. Yeah. And but that sounds phenomenal. It's a level 10. You should give it a go. I, I think it's really interesting, like, because, like, when I, you know, was growing up, and even, you know, even as a kid, when you heard the word mezcal, and even, like, into my, like, early 20s, and in, well, heck, into my early 30s, when someone talked about mezcal, it was, it was almost like, it was almost dirty. Like it was well, because you remember that gold and yellow bottle from back in the day. It was probably ingrained in your head. Uh, just, like, the same thing with people with tequila. Remember the old... Cuervo bottles, you know? Right. We have uh, not so many great memories of that, I would say. Um, 
But real mezcal, like real artisanal mezcal is so unique, man. And you go to Oaxaca, Mexico, and it's like each parcel is distilled different. So like the, a brand, uh, Del Magoy does a really great job of it. I mean, they have 10 different mezcals and you could like, it's literally like going to one city, but each corner of the city gets its own bottle because they just do it that different. Um, and some are just a lot more expensive than others, but it, it's, it's delicious, man. It's, it, it could get really complex, but you got to geek out over this stuff. I do. That's sounds, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I would like to, I would really, I really would love to get deeper into some like, more you know those those craftsmen gals a little bit um just because i haven't been able to as much as with tequila uh, i will say though for a for a for a cheaper tequila you know like they're growing up there's the cuervo obviously that you mentioned but like also salsa mm-hmm. um but salsa had this like i guess elite tequila they Fresh made I'm sure, yes yeah that shit's good very that that is that is some really good really good tequila i've really enjoyed, enjoyed that it quite a bit awesome well, um, I know we're going to be getting into some cocktails and spirits more here in, uh, with our discussion, but I wanted to go ahead and, and get into tonight's major point, which is, of course, sponsored by our friends over at Protocol Cigars, Power of the P. Tonight's major point is brought to you by the people, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Bass Reeves, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. So, Eddie, you've... I... I, I, my show's known to go a little bit longer, and my audience is probably snickering right now because they know exactly what I'm talking about. But... I feel like we're going to have to break up your life story into a couple of shows. So there are some snippets of your journey that I kind of wanted to focus on that I found just really, really fascinating. And that was uh, where you started before all this, before all of your foray into cigars began, you came into, uh, as a professional, you came into um, the professional world in the hospitality arena. Um did you go to school for that or was that something that you just nat- naturally gravitated towards or like what, what it, it, was the reason for It was a family business. So, okay. um, yeah, uh, we, uh, the family, I, I'm, I'm the youngest of, of four boys. So my, all my older brothers, I mean, we owned venues and nightclubs, restaurants in Miami for years. And uh, in fact, your brother, one of your brothers is known as Mr. Miami, which is shocking to me because that's when I when I think of you, that's what I think of. Right. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Uh, I'm totally not Mr. Miami. Uh, so we all just against the wishes of my hardworking parents, which have nothing to do with that world. My father was a politician and in the medical field. And, Send us to the best schools in the world for all of us to be like nightmares. <laughs> so they hated that. Uh, but now they're very proud, I guess. But um, we just, it, it was a natural thing. You know, we're, we're doing events and, and venues, and, and that was marketing was something that uh, I would like to say or feel that came a little really naturally to me. But it, in that ecosystem of, of hospitality, because it was just a way of thinking and, and the way I was kind of taught 
like I was going to school and learning about it. And then I would go and be like, you guys know nothing. This is how you do it in the real world. <laughs> um, just, it was interesting. And it was interesting because you're, you're dealing, which what I would believe at the time was, aside from putting on entertainment and shows and booking the biggest DJs world and bands and all stuff, but you're convincing hardworking people. You've got to deliver such a great product that these people are going to come into your venue and spend all the money they made all week, every week, you know? So like they had such a great time, like I got to go back there next week and they just unload. And um, you could only do that by giving them a product that they felt that kind of appreciation for. So it's like, everything is show business, man. And making sure that it's quality. And it was just really interesting how that happened. Um, and then I eventually, uh, went on, like didn't work for the family business, uh, kind of started working for an amazing company called Minky Beach. It was a global company and they had like, uh, central place style beach clubs all around the world. So, um, very luxury lifestyle, very high end. It was really interesting because I got to learn a lot about the world of working brand partnerships, you know, and, and executing, you know, experiences, I don't even call them events, like experiences with, you know, high-end cars, high-end champagne, uh, great food, and just people are coming to have all these experiences. And it was just kind of my entrance into that world, which ironically led me to where I am today, because mm -hmm. I did that for so many years. I worked for that company for so many years. They relocated me to Thailand. I was opening up their venues. It was awesome. And when I hit 30, which was pretty young, but at the time I didn't think I was young. I just felt like I've been doing this forever. And uh, now I look back and I was like, man, I was a pup. But I was like, man, you know, I, I worked my way up pretty, pretty high up in, in the company, but it was family owned. And I, I had this whole feeling of like, I could now just go run a hotel for another major conglomerate or I could work for myself. I had the know-how. I mean, I was, opening up multi-million dollar venues for this company for years. Why not do it for myself? Um, and in a country like Thailand where, you know, opening up a stunning venue that may cost you a million dollars in America will cost you there the price of a Honda Accord. So <laughs> I took that step and, and left it. And the rest kind of... <laughs> There's a comparison I, the I didn't expect to hear tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I took the route of, of you know, high-end uh, single malts, uh, single cast, and cigars. So it was like a whiskey and cigar bar. It was awesome. I had some partners, and it was great. So um, now, are your, your brothers still in the hospitality business? or? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And they're, and they're, are they still stateside, or have they moved on to, like, other international efforts as well? No, they're stateside, for sure. I mean, they have quite a bit of venues uh in south florida so, um, some some that i'm sure that are like most people would be familiar with it seems like without a doubt okay. yeah that's Absolutely. that's awesome uh, yeah. I, I i find that world really interesting because i you know i i i think of i think of like that white glove experience it, it can be had anywhere it really doesn't matter like you know we it in my day job, you know, I sell software and you don't, you really don't equate those two things of hospitality of, you know, you know, thousand 
dollar bottles of champagne and or a luxurious whiskey and cigar bars in Thailand to a white glove service and software. But we actually have steps that we call white glove service that we we try to offer, you know, that that extra, that extra effort, you know. And so hospitality has always been one of those fascinating things to me because I think it's I think it's really awesome that for to to have that opportunity not to necessarily, I mean, to experience it, sure. But to be on the giving end of it, I have to imagine is like a, an un, a unique high that is just it as is good as on the, the receiving. Most gratifying feeling in the world, man. Like, and it's literally the pillar that has held me up into this career of mine of premium cigars, and it's what I feel has set me apart because what I've always learned through hospitality is. The only way to win is by delivering a memorable like experience. You know, and, and people kind of don't realize that every step of the process can be a memorable experience for somebody, you know? So like, for example, in cigars, like I've, anybody I've ever worked with, like I've always kind of changed, like, dude, we don't set up a table with four boxes and like buy three cigars, get two free. That's not... It's not memorable, man. You're like becoming loyal to, to a discount, not to a product, you know? So mm-hmm. I've always felt like every step of the prop and like, I got so fortunate that I was able to get um, hired by Davidoff at the time because that's also something that's been ingrained in their DNA as well. So it was like, yeah, time beautifully yeah. filled, right? I was like, welcome home. Finally, somebody that gets it. Uh, and it's been such a great experience, man, because if you can make every step of the process memorable, the consumer will never forget that. And then they become loyal to that because they get this warm and fuzzy feeling too. And I just, it's, this is, this is not a, something that's inexpensive by any means. Right. So um, you want people to feel like I got my money's worth, you know, and you also want people to eventually leave with the feeling of like, I'm going to spend my money with this product because I deserve it, you know? And if you could convince yourself that you deserve something, there's no one not convincing you otherwise, right? So every step of the process from how you communicate with people to how you execute an experience inside a store to when they're smoking it, to following our pairing guides, like our pairing guides are extremely detailed to kind of take you on this emotional roller coaster of an evening. You know, you could be with friends, you could be by yourself, but... It is, and I would like to believe that we're the only people that do that right now. Um, so even though none of that's hospitality, it's all very much hospitality. It's pretty. I mean, it's a pretty bold. That's a pretty bold uh, standard you set for yourself. I mean, yeah, but it's the only. way. I mean, how do you want to be treated, right? Like I always feel like that is the most important piece of, and not just our business, but any business. Um, and I feel like so many people go to work and it's exactly that. It's their job, right? Of course. But if you could do something where you yourself are the customer, if you could place yourself in that customer position, then everything you do is essentially doing something that you know that you would want to receive. And then your job is no longer your job and it becomes your passion and, and it mm-hmm. becomes like this really gratifying thing because we work so hard as a team on, on these crazy concepts and awesome experiences 
and we get to see the smile on people's faces afterwards and we're all like man this is it's a really good feeling you know so i just got really deep shout out to coconut cartel. <laughs> shout out to coconut cartel no i no but i think you're i think you embody that and there's there, i mean listen this industry is full of those full of types of people like you who have looked at it this way and and you know it it goes back to that that tired but aged but appropriate mantra of if you know if you really truly enjoy what you do it doesn't matter how hard you work you never work a day in your life absolutely ever i mean there's some days that are not sexy like working on spreadsheets and stuff but <laughs> but when you're drinking coconut cartel and doing a spreadsheet it makes, dude, it, like, it makes it I, I i i feel like i have i've been blessed man like we we have the best job on the planet and look what we do you know we get to do this which is pretty awesome well and and see that's something that i've always my impression about you eddie even though we, we really haven't gotten to know each other as well as i've gotten to know some other people in the industry my impression about you has always been like that is that I, I i know you work hard and i know that other folks work hard in the industry too that's not what i'm saying but I, you work so hard but at the same time like every step of the way you and like some guys like michael herklotz and stuff like it 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 looks like pure enjoyment like i mean pure enjoyment like i don't see the spreadsheets we don't we don't get that vibe i know there's right. those days like you said but when when i see how hard you're working it just doesn't ever seem like work in that regard and right. i and i think that's what I, I think that's what at least for me personally i can say it, it causes has embodies a, a tree a tremendous amount of deep respect that i have for you because i know it's not all sunshine and roses no it's not some people, it, it's, it's, we love it. I can speak for a lot of us in this business. We love it, man. But, you know, you put in your hours during the day, which is amazing. But then the travel, which everyone thinks travel is glamorous. And it's nice. It's great. But, you know, it's not, you're in one city for 16 hours, and then you're off to the next, and then you're off to the next, and then you're back home only to flip your bags, catch up on four days of missed work in a day to do it all over again sometimes, you know, and I'm fortunate that I manage a brand. So I'm not like the Brandon ambassador on the road, crushing it, you know, 300 days a year, but just like you miss a lot of part of your life, you know? So um, you got to really love what you do to where it becomes your life and you really can, you know, enjoy every moment. So it's, it's work. So, so to take a step back, so I know that when you were in the hospitality industry, when you were doing cigar and whiskey bars, I know you had this big drive to go away from Habanos and to really embrace yes. a lot of uh, what we would, what we in America know as as, as normal cigars, whatever you want to, you know, right? Non-Cubans, so, non-Cubans, right? And, and yes, and I know that you were drawn to Davidoff and several other brands, and that's you know that's how you've been how you've been able to build your career in, in the premium cigar industry. But looking back, I mean, to say hindsight 2020, looking back, is that why you were so drawn to Davidoff? Because I know you've, you've said this in several interviews, so I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn here. You always saw yourself working for this company. 100%, yeah. I mean, this was, was, it this be my was it because of that time beautifully filled thing that, that, that it connected with you? Yeah. Really spoke to you? Yeah, so how – all right, so born and raised in Miami, growing up in Miami – um, 
grew up with a lot of manufacturers, not really realizing there were cigar manufacturers at the time. They were just, you know, Ernesto Perez Correa the third, like next sitting next to me in school. Like that's what his dad did. Like that was really insignificant at that time. Like we just knew it was like the Miami cigar thing. Like we don't know much about it because we're all Cuban Americans, you know, like our parents all came from Cuba and it was just like this thing is part of the family culture, but it's not as deep as you would people like to romance it to be, right? Because um, when you're a kid, you're busy playing sports. You're not really paying attention to that. So I truly fell in love with the business when I was in Asia. I mean, it's why I, I went into it. So I was, I've said this story a couple of times and how I got into the business, right? Like I, I was running a hotel and we only sold Habanos at the hotel. And I was like, man because they're all half of them are plugged and i'm taking returns in and like dude i'm in the hotel business i'm i'm, I'm in the hospitality business like cigars are literally an amenity to anybody to keep on drinking you know um at the time and i was like man i'm dealing with all this bullshit and i was like and the way habanos works it wasn't like how shops are here or anything like that like they didn't give you no discounts like we were buying them at retail and then selling them at a markup because you're at a hospitality venue and over there, there was a 400% import tax. So a Cohiba Robusto was going for 125 euros. Right. So like it was nuts only to half of them come back plugged. And I'm just, God, Jesus so at the time I was like, wait a minute, I'm the boss guy here. Like I could, I know plenty of people back home that have make their families make fantastic cigars. So Whatever, and I didn't know anything about import. I didn't know any of that stuff. I was just like called a couple people that I knew, and they're like, "I was like, hey man, I need a box of this, and can you call this person? I need a box of that because I'm just filling up a, a tiny humidor in a hotel. It's nothing out of this world." Right. And everybody was like, "You know, you're on the complete opposite side of the world. You're inside Asia. Like, there's a, you know, you're in a market that we don't really distribute in. Like, if you want to bring it in, like." You can't just buy two or three boxes off me every other week. Like you got to buy a pallet. You got to distribute. You got to apply for your distribution license. You got to. And I'm like, man, I'm running a hotel. I don't. But I was like, I was so determined. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work, but I was going to save a lot of money and all that stuff. So like, I'm in, I'm in the uh, the monthly hotel association meeting because I was living in this island called Koh Samui, that's in the southeast, uh, right off of Thailand, Penyan. So like. 90 hotel general managers like everyone's going through the whole tourism thing and i'm like oh i i got one more thing to by the way are we all tired of pacific cigar because i i know a bunch of companies and i could bring this this stuff in but like i don't need a pallet if everybody wants to go have these with me i could cut all of our costs by like 75 percent and you could take care of your your guest, which is all I want to do. I just want to provide something quality for my guests. That way they continue drinking. But every time I sell them a cigar, they're going to drink three more drinks. I even rather give them a cigar at that point. Like this was the mentality. Keep the guests happy. And for the most part, everybody like me was like, dude, that's such a fucking headache. Just you bring it in and we'll just buy it off you. And it eventually like I was driving home. I was like, shit, I think I got a distribution business with 90 hotels to kick off. <laughs> and, and, and that kind of happened. And so like, I'm doing this and um, 
I call one of the company, one company that I called was like, hey, we're already in Thailand. It was like some other distributor in, in Bangkok. And him and I, that other, like we actually ended up becoming partners, but um, at that time. And um, dude, like I just kind of got in it. And then at that point I got so like into it and oh, I got super into like the non-Cuban thing, because I was saying one, the domination of Pacific cigar and Habanos all over Southeast Asia. And dude, when you're the big fish and the only fish in a pond, like they were lazy and they weren't doing anything. They would just open up venues, not tell anyone. And just, they're the only place to get cigars. So they were crushing it. And I'm born and bred from animalistic marketing and nightlife in Miami. And I was like, just looking at this and I'm like, Ooh, we, I could poke holes in all this and I got way superior cigars. So like, that's kind of when I went for it and just opened up my own place. But what happened next, I didn't think was going to happen, which is I fell in love with the business overseas. because It's completely different than the U S it was elegant, man. Like you walk into like old vintage, beautiful boardroom style, private members clubs, leather Chesterfield couches everywhere. Everybody's in your suit. You're not allowed to use your cell phone. If your cell phone makes a beep, you got to buy everybody in the room around the drinks. Like it was like super high end. Oh, wow. Joined a, the club overseas was $50,000 just to join. Like it was, so like that's the first place that I saw. And I was like, fuck. And that's how I became partnered with that person. I was like, man, we gotta, we gotta do something together. You know, let's build some stuff that's not private. Let's build it for the public, but of the same stature. And there's only one company that does that same type of old world elegance, man. The romance of a cigar, like the respect of a product that goes through 600 steps full of love. You know, you, you can't just smoke it like a cigarette. You gotta really respect it. It doesn't matter if it's a Davidoff. It doesn't matter if it's a bundle brand from somewhere else. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into that and only at least around the world only very fortunate people get to enjoy that so like it was a completely different vision and the way we did events there were again they're all experiences there's a way everybody did it was it was never any deal you know it was we're going to do a six course dinner with two cigars and six whiskeys and it's 300 ahead and at the end i'm going to sell you a full box because you deserve that and you deserve to have this elegant experience. And like, I super fell in love with that. And then, I mean, I knew about Davidoff, but I took a trip to Malaysia because um, it was a 30 minute flight. So I, I, I go to one of their flagship stores in Malaysia and I was like, holy shit, this is just like what I, I, I want to do. But like, it was next level, super next level. So I always, I always knew, and at that time, I, I was never planning on moving home or anything like that. I felt like I was on top of the world um, until the military or through the government, and I realized I'm not in America anymore, and this is real. <laughs> so, okay, so I, I was actually going to save that question. So I've heard yeah. you say this several times, yeah. and I'm going to be the guy who finally asks the question here, because I don't know how much you can talk about or how much you want to talk about. What? I, I have to know what that experience was like. I mean, I mean, was, I mean it was my life. I, oh, I didn't sleep for weeks, man. So it's such a unique 
story of what was happening, right? So here I am exploding it, right? And I was importing eight brands, eight of the top brands in the US, like the eight largest brands you could possibly imagine that are not like from an Altus or a general or like type conglomerate, right? I was an important distributor in Southeast Asia. And I had at that time in three years, like I crushed it with my team so hard that we had six venues at that point. Oh, wow. And I had, I flew over one of my brothers that I was like, dude, I'm opening up the biggest complex. It's going to be a high end whiskey bar. So I was like another one of those. And then next door, I had like a speakeasy cocktail bar. And next door to that, I had like this, I turned in a, a walk-in cooler into an ice bar, vodka bar, whatever. It was like, I was building this crazy complex. So I was like, I'm going to fly my brother over Hey, I need you to stay with me for the next five months while I focus on the rest. That had to cost you at least Fine. four Honda Accords, right? Right. No, not even. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> but at the time, it wasn't because things were, were different. And, right. dude, so... I'm having an event with Abe Flores, right? He flies over there. We have this crazy event. And I did it at, at this Hyatt hotel that had this amazing rooftop. Like it wasn't even at my venue. He was going to do the event at my venue the following night. And we have this event. It's kind of cool. And like, I hadn't been watching the news, but like people are like, hey man, there's going to be like an uprising like sooner or later. And I'm in the car with Abe and it sounded like bombs went off. And he turned around and freaking bombs were going off like out on a bridge that we just crossed. <laughs> we're like, whoa. But, you know, that's a country that has a lot of turmoil. And every four years there's a, there's a coup. But, like, it's always been peaceful for the most part. You know, they, they just have a messed up political system. Um, so, like. My partner has been there for years. He's like, dude, just don't worry about it. It's no big deal. We kind of not worried about it. We had our events. They went home. It was all good. Business as usual. Uh, that was kind of like, you know, a Miami kid. Like, this. we don't, we don't have this. Uh, so then it gets serious. And when it gets serious, a month later, I have. Hazad in town from Gurkha and he's doing an event and he it got really kind of crazy and he, he he picked up and left early I don't blame him and again I, I was still taking the attitude of like ah, it'll blow over you know because that's all I've been told and I don't know I don't like it but like it's gonna blow over it's gonna blow over the next week Rocky was in town same same thing happened it was weird and it got, then it got serious. Like tanks were rolling down the street. Businesses were being closed. Now I, one day am walking down the street. Uh, I've never said this story publicly. Uh, so I'm walking down the street one day and like a van pulls up. And I, by definition, I get kidnapped, right? Um, by military. And like, they're like, hey, what do you know about this person? What do you know about this person? Like, and they're naming like high government officials. Now, all these people are members of my cigar bar, right? They're members of our cigar club. 
Because imagine, you're in a third world country, like how many people are going to be members of, of a super high-end place? It's all the government, it's all the military, it's all the super upper echelon. I was like, uh, hey man, uh, I'm just a kid from Miami, just American here doing business. I don't know anything. And, and for the most part, they knew that. They just try to scare you and try to get money from you. And it's just, it was just kind of like a shakedown. And I got shaken, shook him down and uh, it was like crazy. Called the embassy, and the embassy was like, "Bro, we're not gonna have a an international incident because of you." You know what I mean? Like, you're just pay the money, keep on going, right? It was pretty solid advice because after I did that, they were extremely accommodating. So, um, so that happened, and then my brother looked at me. He's like, "Hey, man, we gotta go." And I was like, "What do you mean we gotta go? I have like this crazy business is on a blower soon, like." I live great here and he was like hey quality of life is not owning bars especially in all these weird countries where bombs are going off it's like quality of life is being able to be at the park with your kid i don't have any kids but like you know <laughs> like and you don't got to look over your back like it got to the point that i didn't ever walk down the street i would only have a driver take me from place to place just because i was frightened you know people used to make fun of me They're like bro you're so scared just don't worry about it and i was like Nah, man, this, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not used to this. This wasn't it. So I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I had partners. So I just told my partners, I was like, uh, you guys want to give me a payout and you can stay with the business. You know, I'm, you know, you've been here for 20 years. I haven't. So I'm very happy to go back home and start all over again. Uh, and I did. And it's probably the best decision I ever made for sure. But it wasn't an easy one. It was scary. Like, I, I feel like I had PTSD for a while. Just because I'm not, you know, we don't experience that here. I mean, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was pretty, pretty terrifying at the time. Like I, it was, it was, dude, I moved back. So at that time, I was already living in Bangkok. So I moved back and I moved to downtown Jersey City. I was trying to move into New York, but it was just ridiculous. So I just moved one train stop away across the river into Hudson because I had to be around like mass transit, mass people. And I lived there for nine months and just didn't do anything. It was just decompression. Just like all, all my old distributors were like, come work with us, come work with us, come do this, come do that. And I was just like, I need, a, I need like a, I need some me time right now. I need, I need a, a mental timeout, which is great because I got to meet so many people and experience so many cool cigar lounges over there. And it was really circle back and I was just gonna take it home. It was very reminiscent of what I had in Bangkok. Like so when I would go into New York and I go into the Carnegie Club or I go into a Davidoff or I go in, you know, it was very much that old world. And I think New York is like the only place that really still had that like you had Herkbox doing this thing and that Sherman. It was very much like like what I had, man. So like it really resonated and I, I felt all I got all sorts of warm and fuzzies uh from there and whatever that's cool. how's that um great story it well happy sunday yeah no unbelievable no it, it, it's it's kind of reminiscent of, of, of a man you know very well i had on my show last year uh, uh george Remy, growing up in honduras yeah, one of my best friends 
Yeah, he groping on Honduras, and you know, he uh, a grenade went off in a room where his baby sister was playing minutes before. You know, you know that's. I mean, it's just. Oh, bro! I got so one day we'll take it offline. I got so many great, well, horrible stories, but crazy ones, man. <laughs> that's uh, but like it, it's just, I love traveling. I love living abroad. I just learned that I will. For the time being, not live third world. <laughs> there's there's certain there's certain places where it's I'm gl- you glad you've been there and done that and not 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 necessarily on the future list. Right. No, and I'm glad I was able to to experience it all at a at a young enough age. I was able to come back and kind of put the pedal to the metal in the states and kind of land where I am today, which has been a ride. Yeah. Certainly has. So Eddie, we're going to kind of do a little couple of different things here. We're going to bounce around with timelines a little bit. So uh, By the way, I, didn't, I didn't mean to kill the mood. Oh, no, no. The, I, I've, I've always wanted to ask about it. Um, I mean, I, you, you know, I, I'm a historian. And so like you hear about military coups, I read about it and you read some of the stories and, and everything. And, and this is one that I actually wasn't familiar with historically at all. And to have the opportunity to talk to someone who literally lived through it, um, I mean, it, it it just it's something I wanted to, to learn about. But you know, your your, your time you in time. I love this business. Why is you know that? I love this business because we're all friends. So we, we we're all such great friends that I could get a text message right now from Justin Andrews going, "Way to kill the fucking mood, Ed." <laughs> hey, <laughs> Justin, give him a break, man. I asked I asked the question, so. Um, but no, but. But to that point, your time in Thailand, uh, I think this is an interesting segue, even though one probably has nothing to do with the other. You, you, you've come over to Davidoff and you, you're, you're the senior brand manager over, you know, all these different amazing brands. And what a what a what a dichotomy between all of them. I mean, they're, they're so distinct. They're so different. And you kind of weave your way into all of them, in and out of them with I'll, I'll go ahead and say call, I'll call it grace that I think is is, is, is pretty, pretty incredible. And I want to talk about this one of the most recent campaigns that you launched. What an incredible, unique, oper- like just unique market. You're talking about the, the 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 table and buy three get one. No, you send out black scorpions for uh yeah. and for us to try with the new factory unleashed from Camacho. Uh, by the way, they're they're from Thailand, so I, I don't know if they're... I was about to say. By the way, they're from Thailand. Just so you know. <laughs> so I, I didn't know if that was a an old connection or if it was just coincidence, but. Coincidence. Uh, so, I mean, what what a unique what a unique challenge. I, I took part in it uh, along with uh, Ben Lee and Coop. We did a we did a video, um, like That's a lot awesome. of folks did. Um, I I I I went hardcore, man. I didn't do I didn't do any dips or hot sauces or yeah, you raw dogged it. That was uh, impressive. I was I, well. I'm like, hey, man, if I'm going to experience something like this, I'm going to just experience it. I mean, no disrespect to anyone who did anything else. I know Ben did some hot sauce and. I'm a hot sauce guy, and um, but I, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I mean, am I, am yeah, I cr- it's not bad at all. Uh, it, it's you got to get past the mental picture that you're about to eat a scorpion. But I mean, well, crazy, here, man. here's the well, here's the way I thought about it. My 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 wife and some of my friends that I showed it to, they're like, "Really, you're gonna eat that?" I'm like, "Listen, like again, I don't know Eddie as well as I know other people, but." He works for Davidoff. Davidoff's not sending me something that's going to kill me. 
like I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm feel pretty, pretty comfortable and confident. I just want to see what this tastes like. So, um, but I mean, yeah. it, and here's, but here's the, here's the crazy messed up thing, right? Um, it actually paired well with the cigar. Like the 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 because it was like I I, I, I I could send you more. <laughs> I I mean I liked Coop Coop loved it too. I thought he, I I mean I thought it was I mean it tasted it was very reminiscent of of chicha. I compared it to chicharrones. It had that that yeah. air, that airy quality that that beefy meaty. I mean it was very, uh, you know it was very beef jerky esque. You know. But in a more yeah. airy type fashion, so like a chicharrones, it was kind of that texture, that sensation, and that flavor. It was, it was, it was, it was. I enjoyed it. I really did. And I thought it paired. The reason I thought it paired well with the cigar is uh, the cigar has the the factory unleash, which you and I talked about this. Um, I, I think it's one of the best Camachos. I mean, That's- that have come out in a long time. I mean, you and I are Ecuadorian guys. Um, yeah. And the Camacho Ecuadorian, and I mean, I, I think it's the best Camacho since. And I mean, no disrespect, it's a Nicaragua that came out last year. I know you guys put a lot of effort into that, uh, yeah. But I thought the, the factory unleash was stellar. I like the exposed foot; gives it a different, you know, a different experience. Yeah. And and the the flavor I thought was it's really well balanced. And I I man, I dig it. And for the price point on, are you kidding me? Yeah, man, it, it's interesting. But people never understood the price point piece either. Um, we had a really good strategy. It was a couple things, right? Like you could come out with an annual limited edition. Uh, like, why does it have to be expensive? You know what I mean? Like people have this whole thing of like, oh, it can't be a limited edition if it's not twenty bucks. Uh, yeah, it can. And we're gonna do it. You know, so we did, but. Well, not only that, it's a value cigar, and you launch a, a unique marketing campaign around it. I mean, the, the cigars yeah. alone cost more than the damn bundle of the cigars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what's amazing is that the quality of the tobacco that we use in the cigars, I mean, they're all the same. It's the same as their core line in terms of quality. It's not like it's value tobacco, you know. Um, the, the concept behind it is, it's one, it could be a collector's piece as an annual limited release, right? And I, I love why we did it, but I could get that next, but it's extremely balanced. And it uses Ecuador, but it uses Corojo, it uses all of our tobacco, but it, it's also a great way for people that don't smoke Camacho as a you know, a gateway. Yeah. Come into the Camacho world. Um, and if you, a lot of people are like, man, this is fucking great. It's really refined. It's not that bold flavor that I'm used to. And it's like, well, if you want that bold flavor, just pay a little bit more. You get into the core line, baby. There you, you go. Know, like, yeah. I mean, it, it's that, it's that bump up, you know, and that's literally what it's for. Um, and the concept behind a, the whole campaign, you know, we launched the whole camp, Camacho.com, uh, digital, you know, uh, platform where it's the whole community and people get to earn badges and 
they create milestones and, and eventually you could get to the point where you're part of the board of the fold, you get your name on the wall of the factory and we get to send you test blends and it's like a really cool experience. But if you've ever been to Camp Camacho, you know, you do have the experience where you get to blend your own cigar, right? Mm -hmm. And you get to take home. So we have inventory of all these blends just because I mean, you make something and it's something solid. So what the, the idea is once people can travel there, we get to reactivate Camp Camacho, which we are this year, is whoever has the best blend that year, that's going to be next year's factory unleashed. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's a great way to tie in, you know, the people that get to come visit us and, and everybody gets to be a part of the process. So it's like, it's very community building. Um, it's very forward thinking, in my opinion. And, and it went really well with the campaign that we're enrolling. Like you go to the, the Camacho Instagram, you see this campaign that's rolling out. We did a bunch of mini documentaries with really cool artisans. And, um, it was just awesome. So, and true Camacho fashion, we, I didn't want to just like send people cigars with like some cool stuff because it came with some cool stuff, but sure. Like, how do we get people engaged? Right. Because the cigar is tied to a platform that's about engagement and community and the cigars tied to engagement and community. So like, how do we get people to have fun and our icons of scorpion? So everybody must eat scorpions. Loved it. It, Love was, it. it was it was fun, man, and and and, and um, it made a lot of noise. We got a lot of really cool people joining the challenge. We people started reaching out to us. There's a lot of people that contact us, like, "Yo, we want to eat scorpions," which is the craziest thing to ever <laughs> receive on an email. George was like calling me. He's like, "Dude, I got like 20 emails of people wanting scorpions," and and it got wild, man. Like celebrities started eating scorpions, and like I was I was like, "Man, we created something kind of special. What do we do next year?" Because I'm not eating a roach. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, no. The, the yeah. scorpion's good. That the, the scorpion was it. I don't know. I don't know where to go from there. But it was it was awesome, man. And the other thing that we did, and this is a shameless plug, but I'm gonna plug it in because that's why we're here. Uh, we we unveiled an amazing Camacho, and in the effort to do everything different, we have an experience that's going on right now. Experiences. I call it an event and experience because we don't do events. Mm -hmm. We create experiences, which is a pairing. And while everybody in every store is always pairing, you know, a spirit, a beer, whatever, not every store has a liquor license. You can't ever pull that off. We wanted to do something like rugged and bold, the Camacho way that everybody could do in their house. And, and it's a really awesome experience, which is we're pairing each one of our core line Camachos with barbecue sauce, with different barbecue sauces and the vessel to put the barbecue sauce is beef jerky. So it's a jerky and barbecue sauce pairing with cigars. And everybody kind of puts this weird face and everybody has the experience and everybody's mind blown. I'm in. So it's a really, yeah, and it, it's, it's a really fun thing. And it's also very Camacho and it kind of went in time. We created a cookbook. So it's like, they're all tied in together, man. So that's why we're recommending people to do barbecue sauce, scorpions. It's, um, one big happy family of, of awesome and fun. And it's been um, a really rewarding experience to see people enjoy this and like the wows and oh my God, and this has been so cool. 
you know, we get to, to sit back as a team and kind of like get excited about it, you know, so it's fun. It's been a good year. I, I really, yeah, because last year you guys did the, um, you did this, the, the Kamacha Nicaraguan release with the, with the Liberty from last year. We're going to talk about the Liberty here momentarily for just a second. Um, oh, like I have a, week one of the pandemic. That was great timing, huh? Well, and then we got we got those wonderful butcher blocks, and then the the meat cleaver, the branded meat cleaver. I thought that was really, you know, it was. I mean, I, I mean, just was really blown away by that. Um, and I was really, really, it was really exciting for you guys to do the the liberty in a sixty, which I'm not a big gauge smoker, mm-hmm. but it was something different. And then this year, I want to show this off. I mean, this is this year's liberty. Yeah. And you guys do a Churchill, um, which again yeah. is something that that hasn't been done so i'm so i'm interested in asking this eddie the you know this is your second liberty that you've been a part of with the company mm-hmm. um and i i know a lot of that had to have been at least the 60 had to have been forecasted before you were there maybe maybe not yeah. but um you know was that i guess was the churchill something you wanted to build on because you're like hey we did something different last year let's do something different again or or what like uh yeah so the churchill so my first project because like you know we work on, on quite of a an advanced schedule schedule my first projects were Abogribe was um the liberty and then um factory unleash like those, those three were immediately like welcome to the company we got to work on this um and you know, I started with this earlier today, man. You got to be the customer. You know what I mean? As a customer, Camacho Liberty has been in the market at that point 18 years. It does well. Uh, but like, it's almost like I've seen this for 18 years, right? So I. As a customer, I want to see something different. Um, and I love that we've put together a team that kind of pushes that envelope. Um, so if I'm going to be spending, you know, $20 MSRP. You know, I want some cigar for my money, man. You know, so okay. yeah. hello, Churchill. Um, and it's something that hadn't been done. Um, so I just, I, I, it works because that it sold out instantaneously and the cigar is phenomenal, man. You know, it, it's such a great, great, great cigar, but like, it, it's something, you know, the trends go like this, you know, like sixties were all the rage at one point and the herbusas were all the rage. And then all of a sudden, like it's only Connecticut. It's like the trends just are in and out and you kind of got to keep an eye on them. And we just felt like the Churchill, the beauty, the beauty of the Churchill, the Churchill tells a story that the cigar wants it to tell when you smoke it. Oh, I like, I like that. That's true. So, like because it will it's... tell you the story it wants to tell because you're, I mean, it's a commitment, man. You know, you're not, you're not going to smoke a Churchill in 45 minutes unless you're, a monster. Uh, George Ramming does that. 
it's it's something that you got to really sit back. You're going to plow through whatever beverages you have and you're going to make an evening of it. And when you spend that kind of money on limited edition, you deserve that evening, man. And you get, you deserve the, the story of tobacco that you're about to receive. You know, so that happened. That was a Churchill. And it was different. So I was all about it. Loved it. Yeah, I think uh, I really like that comparison because I think, like you said, it's a commitment. And and like you said, you're not in the business of events; you're in the business of experiences. And I mean, what better thing than an ex- than a Churchill? Because it, it is an experience. Yeah. So um, the uh, to to go along with uh, your you know your foray into into Davidoff, just to go back and back into your your story. So you come back from you come back from Thailand. You go through you know you. You, you make your way through the premium cigar industry, taking advantage of a couple of opportunities with some other companies. And then you last year, you, you land this opportunity with Davidoff, like we've been discussing. It's this about whole to evening. be two years, yeah. yeah. And uh, into the other beverage. There we go. So you're, you're the, the official title is senior brand manager. Um, and you, so in, again, as we were talking about, you, you, you have a hand in along with your teams in all the pots. You work on, you work on the Davidoff side, you work on the Avo side, you work on the Camacho side and then the other subsequent brands, you know, Cusano and, yeah. and Griffins and things like that. So, I mean, it's, that's, it's quite a tall order for any one person to, and I know you have some incredible teammates. I'm not trying to uh, take anything right. away from the incredible team you've got, but one, one interview that you gave, kind of stood out to me eddie and i i was i was really kind of I, I i was really kind of taken aback by it because it was when you were talking about when you when you do a launch or when you're doing one of these experiences you called the benchmark that you shoot for you don't compare it to other cigars in the industry no no man i'm not trying to compete with cigar companies and and that's you really never are well, that's really interesting and really different to me. And like one, the comparison you gave was you, 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 you compare yourself to benchmarks like Jordan and Nike and, you know, and Dom Perignon and some like, like that's, that's the benchmark that you shoot for. And the, the example you gave was, this was last year, but Christian Dior and Air Jordan had a project that they did together. It was $15,000 pair of sneakers. Yeah. And you're like, that's 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 the benchmark that I'm shooting for. And I'm like, okay, so let's let's here's my question. Let's be real for a couple of seconds. Even for the the high end of the cigar that you're you're selling, let's say the Oro Blanco, right? The five hundred dollar cigar. That's the that's the yeah. the peak. How how does one compare the benchmark of a campaign for a Liberty or a Factory Unleashed or a Caribe? To a fifteen thousand dollar retail item, how 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 do you Question, do that? Man. Because it's never about the money, you know. I mean, some okay. people, I guess, may may think that. Why? You gotta understand, as a marketing person, right? I'm taking off the sales hat. Okay, I'm not in sales. I am looking at maximum impact into market. 
right? I am looking at, aside from distribution, like the fanaticism that it creates, you know, how many times are people talking about it that have nothing to do with the cigar business? You know, how many persons of interest that I have, does it hit their radar? You know, how do people talk about it? Do they talk about it as it is the craziest innovation in the past year or two? Does it set the bar so high that no one else could catch up to you? You know, like design wise, like, did you completely crush it? Did you shock people? Like when, when DR and Jordan collaboration came out, like there was a lot of head scratching and it was also the best thing that ever happened to that company. So people were like, what is Christian Dior doing with Jordan? And then at the same time, the market was like, oh my God, like, Oh, you know, so you gotta, you know, figure out what your benchmarks are or what your benchmarks are. Like, what is it that you're trying to achieve? You know, one thing that I'll say a lot, um, and I know what interview you're talking about. And I said the same thing on the interview is I never and I'm so fortunate, man. I'm so fortunate that our president of our company thinks the exact same way. Not interested in competing in the humidor against other brands. You know what I mean? Like everybody, for the most part, in this business is so busy. Like My cigar is better than this cigar. You know, and, and they're trying to catch the attention of everybody that walks inside the humidor. And cool, man, have fun with that. You know what I mean? I, I think for a lot of the bigger companies, you know, there's there's a solid 10 or 15 of us. Everybody knows our brands. At least that walks into the humidor. Mm -hmm. So it's I don't need to truthfully try to stand out. Like th those people will know. You know, you put out a quality product that the tobacconists do their job. They'll tell you, this is fucking amazing. The ratings will do their job. This is amazing. The people that follow us on this show follow us because they follow that market. It's amazing. They'll go out and try it. But a majority of the market will never pick up a cigar aficionado. Will never watch well, a name drop, but whatever. You know what I mean? They don't pick up any publications. They don't do sure. that. You know, they call their buddy or they'll be like, I'm just trying to pick something incredible up. But if you could impact them in another way, and these are real people. I spent real money. There's, I, I use my, one of my brothers as an example. My brother, way before I got into the cigar business, he loves smoking cigars, but he doesn't follow any of this stuff that the guy would spend a thousand dollars a week on super high end cigars. There's so many people like, there's so many people that buy cigars. Actually, the majority of people, if you take the number of all the sales ever made, the majority of people are buying cigars for gifts for other people. You know, if, if you fair. can impact and you can make yourself a household name, I mean, that's what I'm going for. You know, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to affect pop culture. I'm trying to affect generations, man. I'm not. I mean, I'm, 
I'm not completely ignoring the car industry either market. Like I'm, we're just trying, we're just thinking very, 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 very big picture. And what you'll see in a lot of the collaborations and a lot of the campaigns that are going to be rolling out right now, like there's some massive names that are participating in this. And we put in a lot of work partnering with mega brands, you know? So I always say this. I never market the product, I market the lifestyle. If you're part of the lifestyle, you're part of the ecosystem. Sure. Right. So if you're part of the ecosystem that likes nice watches, nice suits, nice cars, like you'll know, like, all right, man, I gotta get a Rolex or whatever. I <laughs> I, I only drink super high-end champagne or whatever. If I'm gonna smoke a cigar, it better be a that one. You know, I wanna be a part of that ecosystem. I don't wanna, it's just I guess it's kind of hard to articulate, but you know what I mean? No, I, I think there's two takeaways that I have from this discussion, which is interesting because, you know, bef before you even became a part of Davidoff, you know, Davidoff started going toward this, this Davidoff, specifically white label, started going towards this separation of church and state, if you will, to throw a metaphor at it, you know, because a lot of white label accounts have their, Davidoff humidor it's distinct it's different it's apart from everybody yeah, else and it mm -hmm. like you said you're not necessarily ignoring the cigar market you're not necessarily ignoring the fact that those other brands in the humidor are your competition but like you said it's 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 its own it's its own world almost it is dude it's a, it's it's literally an experience like quite literally an experience like you attend one of our experiences like you get a book. The book has a pairing guide. It gives you tips on how to dress, how to fold your pocket square, how to shine your shoes, how to shave, art of conversation, art of mixing cocktails. Like these are takeaways that you take home with you. We're, it's beyond cigars. It's you're promoting a lifestyle, you know, now that's Davidoff, but like we do the same for all brands because all brands have their own ecosystem and their own market in which and their own world in which they play with, you know? So it's, you gotta, it's a lot of serious branding work and a lot of serious like brain power, like teamwork together. Um, but it, it's something that's super essential, man. If you really want your brand to stand the test of time and resonate with people and, and on top of all of that, the quality has got to be, it's got to back up everything. I mean, right. that's something that, and the company has always done that. Like I'm, I'm not a, not a groundbreaker or, or anything like that. I'm, I'm joining an organization that has always had this philosophy. So like, that's what I was saying. Like, I feel like I'm coming home, you know, uh, right. it's just, it's been helping, you know, it's been, it's been great, you know? No, absolutely. So, I, my, my other takeaway from that is, again, with the benchmarks that you're setting too, is, you know, like you said, it's not about the money and that, that now is starting to click and make more sense with me. Cause when you were talking about it, I was just like, it, it just, I mean, I, I had a feeling, I thought I knew what you were talking about that, but, but that makes more sense when you're not really taking the money into account. It's about. Yeah. It's two different things, man. Yeah. It's two. Yeah. It's two different concepts when you're, cause you're talking about like, you know, the, 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 the word of the day, the word du jour, impact. You know, what does it do in the market? You know, are people talking about the Caribe like they're talking about 
you want them talking about Caribe and that ex- and the experience they had at one of these experiences, like the, you know, the Christian Dior Air Jordan experience. Of course, that kind man. Of thing. I, I, you know, I want. This is going to be a very extreme thing I'm going to say, but like I want, like benchmark Kanye West releasing Donda album, which he hasn't even released yet, but like he's had people pay an insane amount of money to go to a listening party, but the internet went nuts. This guy has completely consumed Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds. And obviously we're, we're nowhere near on that level. I'm not saying that either, but in my Twitter feed and my Instagram feed and everybody that I know in our world and all that kind of stuff and our employees and our team members, I want Caribe to completely consume that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want it to be in so many places with so many real rave reviews that you can't escape it. And people are just like, it's just so imprinted in your head that when you do go to a cigar shop, it's like second nature. I need to try that. So let's, so let's talk about, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up my first one. I'm, I'm about to light up a second one, but uh, the Caribe, uh, which is launching. Not up to you for going to, back to back. Yeah. But, like uh, and uh, this is, uh, this is, this is the latest launch from Avo that's go- That's taking place right now. It's part of this, the synchro uh, series. You know, they kicked off mm-hmm. with the Nicaraguan, then you had the Ritmo, and then the, the Fogata, and then, um, or excuse me, the Fogata, then the Ritmo, excuse me, and then right. now the, uh, and now the Caribe. Um, so my, my remark to you, I mean, before, I mean, we were talking about doing the show. I think we had already booked it, but my, when you, would you kind of post, put it out there? And I immediately saw this photo, Eddie, and I have to say, and, I, and I've told you this privately now a couple of times, and so I'll say it publicly as well, like, I, I instant. I hadn't smoked it. I didn't know anything about the blend. All I saw was this photo of the band, and uh, the the palm tree and blue sky you had in the background. That the photo you took, right? And I immediately got the. I immediately felt, not even got. I immediately felt the impression that you had on this cigar. I was like, Eddie had a huge hand in this, and I can tell right off the bat. And so I want to know how hands-on you were with this because it, 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 it screams, it screams Eddie Guerra. It really does. Uh, so dude, this is a complete team project. Um, but, uh, and you've always been good to credit them. And again, I'm not trying to take away from your team. I know you have a great team that works. Yeah. With you. I apologize. No, I, I'm just always very conscious about that, man, because I, which I say, I'm, I'm nobody without my team, you know. But um, there's so many different pieces to this project. So you heard me before we started the show, right? Like, I feel like this project is my greatest piece of professional work I've ever done in my life. Right. But there's, there's a lot of, I mean, it's, it's the blend working with the team. It was the whole conceptualization the campaign that's going to come out is so special to me because we've worked so hard on it and it's something that uh, I feel so different. And yet it's still so not different when it comes to the brand. It's so perfectly tailored for the brand that you're not going to know. But it's so different when you look at the rest of 
the cigar ecosystem, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of cool multimedia work that you're going to see rolled out in the digital campaign, uh, which is going to last months. The experiences are going to roll out to all the retailers and partners of ours. It's just special, man. Uh, and the blend, the blend was a project I, I worked closely with the team in Dominican Republic. And we went through a lot of rounds of blends and it got to the point where it was like, man, we, we have something really special. And um, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, it's just emotionally such an amazing project. And I'm so stoked that it's only been out for a few days and, and the response that we've received. But I feel like it is the perfect for Cigar to hit the synchro pillar for Avo. And it's like coming back to its roots of, of the Caribbean, man. And, and we really, like, so family's Cuban. I'm born in America, obviously. I'm American. But a lot of us come from, you know, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. And then there's a lot of Caribbean coasts in Central and South America, you know, so Nicaragua has Caribbean coasts. Uh, Mexico has Caribbean coast. So, like, we we never really use the word Latinos. We just say we're Caribeños, we're Caribbeans. So this was kind of like a campaign and a project that was built to celebrate that. And if you kind of look at all of our lives combined, like, we just like to have a good time, man. You know, we like to be out in the sun. We like to smoke cigars. We like to enjoy life. And, and this was perfectly built for that. Um, so do you feel yeah. like, again, along with your team, because giving a continuous shout out to them, do you feel like this is the first project that you've been a part of in the two years that you've been with Davidoff that really has your fingerprints completely all over it? Uh, there, so far, there's two of them. I mean, it's, it's this and Factory Unleashed. Well, actually, no, I mean, uh, the, the Liberty, man, I mean, that, that was, I mean, from the design to, to the blend. I mean, these are all my projects. I treat them all the same, you know. Um, they just, some look different because you got to design them according to the brand. Um, but this this one, yeah, like, it, it's part of my culture, man, part of, you know. So I probably comes a little closer to home than most. So the bright colors, the, you know, the campaign that's going to roll out, the flavor profile, the experience tied to it. Yeah, it's a little, a little closer to home. So what I know, I know you're going to be announcing your plans for this campaign. Like you said, it's going to be months uh, of experiences that you've got planned and everything. What's, I know, and I know you have the launch party planned for it. Um, but like, what's that experience going to be like? Um, and like, what are some of the, I guess the first, the first things that we're going to be seeing with this, this, this new launch of this, this particular cigar? Uh, I can't really talk too much about it, but it will be a, in shorter Caribbean celebration, you know, um, that we're going to try to activate everywhere but the Caribbean, you know? So 
you know, it, it's perfect. So like, you know, even you're in Texas, man, you're going to be like, oh shit, this is really cool. This is totally, the idea is to give somebody an experience, right? So tie, to tie back of kind of how I started my professional career, like in hospitality, like you want to transport people to a different place. Like people want to forget about the real life, you know, like they, they, they need a break. They, they want to go someplace and kind of like let loose and let go and whatever that means. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, getting drunk or anything like that. They, they could be enjoying a cigar with friends and having conversation, you know, in your yard, <laughs> you know, like it, you just, everybody needs a break and they need to, to have a, like a, a mental escape. So we're going to provide that or at least I believe we are. Yeah. That's a plan. Well, looking forward to it for sure. And I, I know, I know you're, you're wanting, everyone needs a break, but I know you don't really take any. So no, what's the, I, I, listen, man, I do though. Like I, I work, I work extremely hard, uh, many hours, and, but you know, I have a lot of balance. Balance is key. So absolutely. No, absolutely. This is my balance right now, man. Like to be worse. It's, I'm smoking cigars and drinking rum, man. It's pretty. <laughs> I'm having the same conversation I'd probably be having in somebody's yard right now. So. Like, that's a compliment. I'm humbled by that. Um, so what's the, I mean, what's the next Davidoff brand that's going to get Eddie Guerra's influence or your team's influence? Are we going to see, are you, are we going to see a takeover of Kusano? We're going to take a, see a takeover of Griffin's. You've had a chance to work with Camacho. You've had a chance to work with Davidoff. Um, in short, uh, yeah, you will. Um, you just, so we, you know, we are a global company, man. So it, everything we do here, we got to take into consideration. We're going to do in 30 plus countries around the world. True. There's a lot of legal issues. There's a lot of rules and, so, like, our innervation schedule is two years in advance. Um, so I can't <laughs> can't really disclose anything. But there will be more. There will be other brands, and there will be more Avos coming. And there's definitely more Camachos coming. And, um, yeah, it, it's been an awesome – it's just really cool. There, there's, there's so much – because there's so many different types of innovation, right? Like, people feel – Innovation is just releasing a cigar, but innovation could be releasing an activation experience that really just transforms how you view the product and how you enjoy the product. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So um, if, if you look at the beverage industry, I mean, think of McAllen, Johnny Walker. I mean, they don't necessarily release products all the time but they constantly are releasing new experiences that kind of change the way you view it. It makes you want to try it. it makes you enjoy it more, experience it more. Um, so you'll see a lot of that as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I get like the comparison I give with that is the, and this was a campaign that uh, Davidoff launched shortly before you joined, which was the, the taste, the elements uh, campaign, mm -hmm. which went back to the discovery series about like, okay, you know, the, go back to the Nicaraguan, go back to Davidoff Yamasa, go back to the uh, Escurio. And it was this, this 
kind of foray into something that we were all familiar with, but I was looking at it from a different lens through a different lens. And correct. And I, I, so I totally get what you're saying there, that it's not always about in the most annoying question that we're, we're all forced to ask and you all are unfortunately forced to answer from considerably from time to time is the, the what's new, what's new kind of thing. And I, I I always try to get away from asking that question directly. It's more like, you know, try to try to figure out a different way to ask it because uh, while I'm as a cigar geek myself, I'm, I'm genuinely curious about new, new cigars on the horizon, just like all of us are. But at the same time, I'm also really excited about, this is why I was really genuinely excited about this conversation because I know you view it from a different lens and yeah, man, it's interesting, right? So some people may not like this comment, but I don't really care. Um, a lot of products let me not just say cigars right? to kind of make it neutral a lot of products are released annually and there's a lot of innovation released annually because they need to drive sales and sales targets and financial reasons and if you notice it's always about everything new and you forget about your core and everything you've done in the past, things fade away. However, I feel like our core, and I think our company feels like our core and all of our current products, we stand behind it. We stand behind the quality and the innovation behind it. You should really only innovate because you see a gap in the market. Oh, we're not, we don't have this. Or it would continue to make sense on a branding story, Caribe, it makes sense to have that fourth cigar in that pillar that brings the story of Synchro back home to its origin. Mm-hmm. It's not, let me release a new cigar for the sake of like, let me spike my sales because shareholders need sales. You know, and for, unfortunately, for the most part, that's what happens. You, you'll go to annual trade show and there's 18 million new cigars released. Well, what happened to the other 18 million? There's not that many people smoking. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, and listen, Davidoff's no stranger to this too. You guys have discontinued brands too, but that's how, that's how brands and, and you and I are probably thinking of the same ones and I'm not going to name names either, but there are no, some no. brands that will continually discontinue because they're, they're in that pattern of that, that constant innovation and innovation. And it's the, innov- it's the, the, the innovation for the sake of innovation, rather than, like you said, building on a pillar or building on the, the core or even going or harkening back to it. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean you stop innovating. You can innovate activation wise. You could also innovate with a very limited edition product, which still brings people that's used as a way to bring people back to your core products. So you come out with a limited edition. Oh my God, I love this. Cool, you love it. All right, it doesn't exist anymore, but you should try our four products, you know, because they're very similar. So it, it's, yeah. Well, I go back to a conversation what I had with Omar DeFrias of Fratello Cigars. And he said that he was at an event once and someone came up to him like, hey, I love your cigars. Um, do you get what's new? The, 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 the question we were talking about. He's like, well, have you had the Fratello Classico, the original one? He's like, no, actually, I haven't. He's like, well, it's new to you. Here you go. 
<laughs> All right. You know what I love? As, and this is me as a cigar customer. Customer hat, not employee hat. I love rediscovering. I love, I mean, we're texting each other. Like, you rediscovered some products after talking with Plus. Mm -hmm. All right. Like, that is the coolest thing ever because people's profiles also go through waves. You know, I, I go through times where I'm just so like, oh, I'm only smoking medium bodied or I'm only smoking very mild at this point. I don't know why that happens. It's happened. But it's so great to be like, all right, let me go back to this other product. Be like, ah, damn, that's so good. Right. You know, like, why did I stop smoking that? Um, so I think that's like a, we, we have a little bit more privilege than most because we have them sitting in our office or you have people sending product constantly. I, I think for, for the average person that has to go purchase some, it's not as easy, but because it's not as easy, it's probably a little bit more special for them to go back and like try something else. That no, I think that's fair. I think that's totally in, fair. In the brand, you know, um, and a little bit more special for it. So, I, I, I love it. Like, I love when I go out and they're like, hey, do you have any of the new stuff? I'm like, no, we're going to smoke the core. And then people are just like, ah, oh, so good. It's amazing. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more core here in just a minute, but uh, we're going to go into our, what I call our two fun segments of our show. And uh, of course, the first one is our one must go segment, which is always brought to you by United Cigars featuring uh, United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living united. Now, Eddie, I don't, uh, you haven't participated in this um, in this before, not, so uh, but I, my, audience is, <laughs> my, my audience is my uh, audience is familiar with this. And so the, the concept is I give you three things and one has to get kicked to the curb and it's it's up to it's your up to your discretion, you know, uh, of what that definition means as far as kicking to the curb. You can say, well, I'm never going to do this again. Or if it, one has to go because it just doesn't fit into it or whatever. But it's completely up to you. So uh, even though you're, again, you're going back to your, your brother holds the title of Mr. Miami. I know you're Miami born and bred. And so, mm -hmm. I, and, and I also know that you are, uh, as you say, you're an equal opportunity uh, person, but you're a big cocktail enthusiast. I am. And so I, I wanted to go back to your roots and I selected three cocktails that um, I feel, and I did some research on this, that I feel from my research that really um, are Miami cocktails, right? right. So these are your three cocktails and cool. one's got to go. One's got to cool. go. Okay. So here are the three cocktails. Are you ready? Yeah. The Mojito. Classic, right? You know, uh, straight up, straight up Miami Vice. I mean, it's it is the it is quintessential Miami. Pina Colada, a little bit more of that touristy beach feel, but still very, very, very has that vibe of Miami. And then another one, which is definitely uh, a fan favorite for at least most college people, uh, because it's you know, other than Long Island iced teas, it gets you drunk more than faster than anything else in the world. But the Hurricane. So those are the three cocktails, the mojito, the pina colada, and the hurricane. So from my, Mr. Miami born and bred, which one's got to go? 
pina colada. It's got to go. All right. Why? Because I actually enjoy the pina colada. It's not like a go-to. I do. But... Don't get me wrong. It's not a go-to. I, I don't really do sugary sweet drinks. Uh, but first of all, the mojitos never. That's just. I figured that was the toss-in. I figured that was the easy one, right? But yeah, because you could also make like insanely great like watermelon mojitos and all sorts of different flavors are incredible and on a hot day, whatever. Amazing. The problem with I'm gonna put them together. The pina colada and the hurricane, the problem with them is that they're served frozen and they're probably served with shitty product and a lot of sugar. And they're cracked. Okay. While both are tasty. Sure. There are certain parts in this planet where a hurricane is necessary. <laughs> I can live without a pina colada because I can have a mojito. But I can't have a pina, uh, pina colada where the hurricane is necessary. So I'm going to reserve the hurricane from whenever I'm in a place that it is necessary. Fair enough. And for the record, I will probably be having just straight tequila where the hurricane is necessary. So the hurricane may go as well. But since it's only eliminating one, the hurricane stays. Okay. So into this conversation, what's okay. Since again, I'm a foreigner, right? I'm not from Miami. And this, this is just based on some layman's research here. What, 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 what did I miss? What cocktail did I miss? Like, did I did I do a good job or was there one like man I know he's going to say these No you're right. Or... I mean no because as far as when people picture Miami they picture Ocean Drive, South Beach and all that kind of shit which us locals um but well first of all the mojitos are everywhere and it's a fantastic cocktail so that's why it's completely safe it will always be safe. It's great. Um I think what you missed is the traditional Hemingway daiquiri. Okay, not the strawberry one that you can get at Chili's. The traditional daiquiri. No, 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 no. Yeah. The traditional Hemingway daiquiri that you'll find at La Florida in Cuba, or you'll find at any respectable cocktail bar that's shaken, and it is rum, sugar, syrup, and lime. And Hemingway would put a little bit of grenadine in it. And anything that Hemingway drinks, in my opinion, is awesome. So, so the traditional daiquiri, you know, I thought about that one. I just, I, I actually didn't know because my mind's been so corrupted by the, like I said, the, the chilies, Applebee's strawberry daiquiri. Yeah. So I, and I, I actually really enjoyed the traditional Hemingway daiquiri considerably, but I didn't know that it was still such an imprint on, on the, it is. I mean, you gotta understand, uh, in the last 10 years, cocktail culture has made an immense return to society. So there's so many cocktail, like true cocktail bars and speakeasies and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I would say, and that will always say, because that's another cocktail. So again, I enjoy a pina colada. I, I'm not going to say I don't, man, you know, but it is very rare. As long as it's made with superior product, or uh, yeah, you can hide you can hide some shit in there, like you said. Yeah, I am. I'm very cautious about my caloric intake and the quality <laughs> of caloric intake, as I 
exercise rigorously to <laughs> counteract the damage I do. <laughs> Fair so what's a what's a what's a cocktail that you gravitate toward that's not Florida Miami traditional? Like, you know, like you know, the cocktail that comes to mind for me that doesn't fit anywhere near in that culture, obviously, is like the mint julep, which I love because I love bourbon and I think it's fantastic. But like, what's a cocktail that's outside of that that world that you're just like, man, this that's that shit's my jam. I, I that I will I will order that anywhere else. Because I really enjoy it. There's a couple cocktails that I judge people by. So, on a, I am not an alcoholic disclaimer, but I do drink heavily. Uh, when I go to a cocktail bar, there's three cocktails that I try before I actually start really ordering cocktails, which is pretty extreme because that means I drink quite a bit. But <laughs> a Manhattan is extremely important. Uh, just, it, it's really complex, but yet simple, but people could fuck it up. Uh, I also like a penicillin, which is a classic cocktail, but mm -hmm. it's, it's... You don't hear that very often, but yeah. It's glorious. And then I like the Godfather, man. And that's a really old cocktail. Actually, how the Godfather got his name is what Marlon Brando used to drink while making godfather the original movie and then they made a cocktail out of it which to me is the ultimate cigar beverage if you're ever going to make a cocktail for a cigar to try a cigar the, the godfather is the way to go which is two parts bourbon one part di serrano amaretto that's it yeah so nice. obviously bourbon goes with cigars we know that uh but amaretto is made from almonds so and it's a little sweeter, but since it's one part amaretto and two parts bourbon, it's not super sweet, but it gets it just enough of that almond, nutty, you know, profile to go along with the bourbon. That's just, just give it a shot. No, I, I definitely don't. I, I can honestly say that I've never had one. So yeah, that, that'll be, that'll be on my next order next time I get a cocktail for sure. Uh, we'll see again, like you said, you judge people on it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, see if how many people have actually heard of it, uh, or if I have to explain it to people. So, um, that'll be, that'll be good to, that'll be good to try for sure. All right. Well, yeah. Eddie, thank, uh, thank you for uh, participating in that. I know that was, it wasn't probably as painful as you thought it was going to be. Uh, no, I thought we were going to talk about products. I mean, last time I saw that. Oh yeah. No, I, 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 uh, so I was like, Shit. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I, uh, I, Unfortunately, I'm I'm a little tough on Klaus just because I know he he has he's that that's a, that's a hard question for him and 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 it's one that I like I like hearing him answer because I I really enjoyed his top ten Davidoff list that we talked about on the last show that I had him on um, yeah because you know with his his family and and him being so ingrained in Davidoff for for all the years and everything it was it, it's 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 was really interesting for me to see him pick his favorites out of that. So, I mean, there's, there's so many. Dude, we, we, so before he moved back, uh, we used to play that game quite often. Oh, I bet and that, like, I bet I that was fun. Berlin. Yeah, it is. Cause like we all, cause I don't care what anyone says. Like you have three or four in your top 10, always remain in your top 10, but the other, the other seven change. No, that's fair. On what I think, mood you're in that month, you know, I think that's, so fair. I used to be like, 
This is Lion What's Yours. It was great. Good time. I enjoy that. That's a gardener, so all about it. <laughs> Right. Well, our next uh, our next fun segment is something that's been uh, a great project of mine. We've been talking a lot about your projects um, tonight, Eddie. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I launched last year on my birthday in uh, late 2020 was um, I wanted to do something a little bit different with this show. And so I started this tradition of asking my guests um, for to 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 select a nonprofit or charity to spotlight or highlight. Uh, so that we could bring my audience's attention to it, perhaps raise a little money as well. It's always good to raise money for a great cause. And uh, I've been really, really excited to talk about a lot of different organizations uh, spanning a lot of different causes. And um, and yours was, uh, yours was in no short order, very impressive, uh, because I think this is an organization that is very storied. They celebrated their 100th anniversary in 2019. Um, and maybe gets overshadowed by a lot of other organizations, but it has such a herald history and that's Easter yeah. seals, the Easter seals foundation, yeah. um, which was again uh, founded in uh, 1919. So it celebrated its hundredth anniversary a couple years ago. And uh, it's specifically geared toward, um, you know, uh, children, uh, but more they've gotten working with adults, but it's mostly around folks with disabilities. Yeah, and uh, the founder uh, he uh, unfortunately lost his son to a tragic accident, and what he learned as he was uh, going into philanthropic work that that society has kind of kept where at the time was keeping disabled children specifically, but people with disabilities kind of behind the curtain, and yeah, and he wanted to bring that to the forefront, and so he started working with children. Uh, and then uh, when World War II uh, ended, he started working with veterans and everything. What was it about the Easter Seals organization? What's your history with them? Or what was it about this organization that spoke to you that you wanted to highlight tonight? Yeah, so uh, I had, so my brother uh, had twins and unfortunately one didn't make it, but um, my nephew that didn't make it uh, was in a hospital for a year and a half and they uh they definitely stepped in and uh, stepped up to the plane to try to help you know my, my nephew was born at the twins were born at a uh, four and a month four and a half months old <laughs> so i mean they, oh, they wow. would fit in the palm of your hand yeah it was crazy so my beautiful niece is she's 14 now but her brother you know he didn't make it but it was um to see the passion that, that they put and, and the help that they gave my family and my brother and everybody throughout that crisis was uh, super heartwarming. And even though you go through a tragedy, man, like you really see people that try to make a difference um, for like the greater good, man. Dude, they, they, don't, they don't get paid to take care of that. So, like, they really do it to be good humans, you know, and I feel in today's world, we're just, we're lacking a lot of good humans, you know, um, and then children, I mean, you, you, you're talking about the most innocent people on earth, you know, so then you're talking about disabled children, I mean, it's got to be extremely tough, man, so anything that you can do to kind of uh, 
have a better life. In my opinion, it's extremely important. Um, uh, my brother's on their board as well. Oh, wow. And okay. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I got turned on to it because of what happened, right? Uh, and I really started paying attention, and I, and I realized that it did go international. And, like, you know, it's going to tie back a little bit to when I was living in Thailand, but, like, uh, they, as a society, kind of don't deal with people with disabilities or mental health or whatever, like, they just kind of get abandoned by parents constantly in that country. And so, like, I, I saw ECSU take a big step into creating foster homes and communities for, for these kids and helping them out. It's kind of weird, you know, you come from the United States and you see all the work we do to kind of help people and parents that kind of go through that. Because I can't imagine, I'm not a parent yet, but I can't imagine what it is to have a child and having a, a perfectly healthy child alone is a lot of work. But yeah. having a child that's disabled, it's got to be unfathomable to me. Um, so to have an organization that helps you out through that whole process is extremely important, in my opinion. Unbelievable. Way to so, the mood, Eddie. No, no. So I... <laughs> So I, I, again, I don't mean to, I hope, um, I hope I'm not asking anything too personal, but you said your niece now is 14. Um, I mean, is she a, is she a healthy 14 year old? Okay. Yeah, she was fine. It, you know, when, when you have twins that are preemies, you know. Yeah. Uh, born at four months old. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's an uphill battle right away. Right away. So she, she was fine. Her brother, you know, he was like almost two years in the hospital, man. you know, the family being in the hospital every day. You know, it was, uh, you know, it took a toll, but a long time ago and everybody kind of became better people for it. But like, it, you know, everything happens for a reason, man. And, and it kind of turns you on to organizations like Easter Seals and how they help other people. And, and if you receive help, like, why not be that person that continues giving the help to other families that need it? You know, mm -hmm. like, people forget to pay it forward and everybody's so busy with themselves man but like true life true happiness comes from gratitude and, and paying it forward you know um, no I, I couldn't agree more it's priceless you know so it's just something that I'm a, I'm a huge fan and supporter of and I think everybody in our families uh, for, for the personal reason but like after we really 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 got exposed to it it was just really important to all of us. No, it's, it's a fantastic organization and I'm, I'm really pleased to spotlight it tonight. And so later tonight, uh, Eddie, as I have uh, pledged uh, each episode and each take, um, I will be making, my wife and I will be making a donation later tonight in, uh, I'm going to awesome, change man. in, uh, we're going to do it in your family's honor. Uh, Cause this is obviously a family you, cause. So we'll be doing it in your family's honor. And uh uh, I put the link, uh, if you guys are anyone interested in donating, I put that link in the chat. Um, it'll also be in the show notes as well. If you go back on the Facebook feed, uh, the ad for tonight's show, there's a link directly to it. And I, I say this every week, Eddie, but I, you know, one of the things, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negative things about social media. 
lot of negative things about Facebook, but what I love about the fact that you can attach causes to your posts and it doesn't have to be, it used to be for your birthday, but now you can just make it all the time. And what's really great about Facebook is that it, this isn't like GoFundMe or any other project, a hundred percent of your donation, if you donate through Facebook goes towards the organization. That's so great. And yeah. That's, that's, that's so great. You know, um, we're all, a lot of us, I mean, not everybody, you know, people struggle and it's definitely a hard time, but there's a lot of us that are still fortunate, you know, so. Absolutely. To, to be able to help, you know, people right now that are really going through some shit, you know, like for God's sakes, look what happened to Haiti yesterday. Yeah. Like, there's a country that can't catch. And we're fortunate. I mean, I'm sitting here drinking, you know, super expensive rum, smoking amazing cigars, hanging out in the loft. Like, meanwhile, there's people that are homeless and lost, you know, eight people in their family yesterday. You know, it kind of makes you kind of take a step back and go, shit. You know what? What's 50 bucks? What's 10 bucks? What's 20 bucks? What, what's anything, man? But like, if you could kind of help, because money doesn't fix everything, obviously, but it may pay for the therapy to help somebody deal with something mentally or something that actually needs finances. It's just helping people is a pretty important, something that a lot of people don't do. Well, the reach that Easter Seals Foundation has is, is, is incredible. But I mean, let's just look at it from the narrow purview of your experience. I mean, that's that's something that's very commonplace. You know, premature birth is something that happens, unfortunately, in this day, uh, and even in today, in 2021, is happening happens all the time. And you know, if we can help those families, like your family was helped, I mean, it's a, it's a great cause. It's a fantastic cause. And like for real, man, you're 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 also, you know, unfortunately, like my nephew didn't make it, but like there's other kids that do make it, but they still need assistance. Like you're investing yeah. in the future. You know what I mean? Like you're investing in the future of this country. And, um, yeah, I think that's super, 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 super important. But, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, that, that your niece is a healthy, wonderful 14 year old girl and, uh, she has had a great life and Thanks, even though it started off uh, a little rocky and everything, and it's unfortunate uh, about your nephew, but, um, obviously, and, but, uh, but I'm hoping that that experience, um, in the tragedy turned out to be a, you know, one of those, one of those beautiful things that, you know, you guys can celebrate the life of your niece because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. You got to push and move forward. Everything happens for a reason. And, I mean, we've done a lot as a family because, I mean, because of that. My brother ended up on their board, but we've done so many massive, massive events, raising money for them to help other families. So, you know, one tragedy wow. leads to so many positive outcomes because the amount of money has been raised to help so many other families because one tragedy. Like it, it's, it's, you know, there's blessings in that. Yeah, it's the old, the age old mantra. We've been talking about m- mantras tonight, you know, a couple of times, like the age old mantra when God closes a door, he opens a window, you know, that kind of thing. And so it, it, 100%. it grades a creates a lot of opportunity. So, uh, so yeah, to my audience, again, the, the, the link is in the, the chat. You can also go to the show notes later on. If you're listening later on, um, via podcast, you can check it out and uh, great organization. And if you feel so called, uh, um, 
I know Eddie, Eddie and his family would appreciate it. And I would appreciate it as well if you'd consider donating. So, uh, to a great cause. So, so thank you. Thank you, Eddie. So to, to, to go back to, to bring this back into their discussion about cigars and everything, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity and the privilege of, of you've mentioned it a couple of times tonight of smoking with Kloss. And we did a, uh, we did a tasting of the uh, Davidoff Dominicana, the 2014, Dang. which is the, uh, which is the latest uh, campaign that Davidoff has, uh, has been doing. And it's a fantastic cigar. Really enjoyed that experience. Um, and everything. So talk a little bit about your, uh, your role in this particular, uh, you were talking a little bit earlier today about, you know, there's different ways of doing this. Like we talked about the elements, taste the elements thing, which you weren't a part of prior to coming to Davidoff, but, um, but you mentioned how limited editions can play a part in bringing people back to the core. So what was the vision with the Dominicana and how it was going to bring people back to white label uh, the way that you wanted to, and, and did it ultimately, was it ultimately successful for you? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it was uh, so far a lot more successful than what we anticipated. Uh, it's tricky. It's supposed to be a limited release, not a limited edition. So there right. was... Because there's going to be like, you're going to be introducing, I guess, portions, right, to the market allocation. Yeah, I mean, there was supposed to be a lot more, but a lot sold right at the beginning. Uh but, you know, anything that has a Davidoff white label, for the most part, there's a reason for it. And there's a lot of synergy between that and the core line, and it's meant to tie you and bring you back. So, like, you smoke one, you smoke the other, you'll be like, aha, you know, uh, which is great, man. But this, this was an expression, you know, to celebrate the Dominican, and, and, and it's very... While it has tobacco-wise a lot of similarities, flavor-wise, it's very different than, than the, the core line. Um, so sometimes, like I was saying, like you have to release stuff, not for the sake of releasing, but for the sake of like there's there's a gap that needs to be filled. It's a fuller blend. You know? It's a fuller blend. You it know? sure is. Yeah, no, it is, man. And... Um, it, it's something that it's so unique, man. So like, you know, there's not many out there. I had, uh, actually you got some of my personal stash because we sold out of everything. I had a uh, feeling it was you when Klaus told me that. Yeah, he's I was like, yeah, I had a feeling it was you. He called me. He's like, Hey man, we need some bears and stuff. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I got him. Don't worry about it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's very special, man, because for me, right, everyone's palate's different. Um, I know what kind of mood I'm going to be in and what I'm going to be drinking on a certain evening or whatnot. Like, so I'll know, like, this is a cigar for that, you know. Um, so it, it, it's that really full, full mouthfeel, really, um, mm -hmm. profile that you may be looking for at times in the evening. But I love it. it. It's been a spectacular hit. And I mean, everything's Dominican but the binder. So it's, um, it's a really cool thing to do for sure. 
So going back to the discovery series, and I, I've mentioned the tasty elements a couple of times tonight, is that something that Davidoff is potentially looking at in the future of adding on to again, avoiding the question of what's new, what's new. I really apologize, but is that something that we're going to see any additions on, or is the trio of Yam- Yamasa, Nicaragua, and Escurio, is that, is that the strong pillars you're looking for? For sure. You'll okay. see innovation on it for sure. Um, I'll just say that it'll be innovation geared towards continual exploration of the trio, right? I mean, for the most part, any innovation that we do is is geared to, again, bring people back to the mm-hmm. core. So, but you're finding that gap it. that you were saying, right? Yeah, man, it, it's it's really important. So, it'll happen. You know, I mean, we still do our, aside from all that, like, limited edition so like you'll see the year of again obviously uh, coming out um you also see the new chef's edition coming out soon see the chef very interesting project i'm glad you mentioned the chef's edition i don't i haven't i haven't talked a lot about that unfortunately on this show and so i'd like to give it some due right now so that that's a that's a cigar series that i've that from a Dav- from a Davidoff uh, fan, I think is is probably one of the more interesting ones because while it traditionally carries that white label, you know the the the, the classic white label Davidoff, right? Those cigars tend to be so far from the white label purview. Um, we talked it about does. the Dominicana being fuller, right? I mean, these cigars are, I mean, they're they're packed with flavor. They're in yeah. your face. They're aggressive in a good way. Uh, right. Still nuanced and delicate, but in in its own right. But man, they are they've got some they've got some giddy up, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> is it? I mean, is that? I mean, that's obviously intentional. But w- what is the? Uh, I guess what is the? What was the motivation to deliver that experience? Because again, you also have to worry about polarizing your your core your core fan base, right? Like you know, like hey, yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's and it's also. I mean, keep in mind it's a very limited project right you know so it's already hard to find to begin with but core values core product two different things but they're also the same thing but to go back to the beginning of our conversation one of the core things that Davidoff does is provide experiences to people also it plays in the sphere of lifestyle and what do you do you know so the chef's addiction is really an awesome project it's something that i loved way before i joined the company because like i i it, i so resonated with it because it was like the whole cigar dinner and quality food world you know which we do um and uh, like we have our gastronomy tour that we're in the middle right now which you know, it's a part of that whole lifestyle thing that we're talking about. And and the, the chef's edition is, is a project that was, you know, executed with Michelin star chefs from around the world. So like Chef, you know, Mossel from New York, Chef Thomas Keller, you have the amazing uh, chef. Um, uh, I go from, from uh, Switzerland. You have like all these really amazing chefs from around the world where they get to work on this blend and come up with this amazing creation and, and 
you know, you're talking about, you take cigars out of people that are masters of the palate, you know, globally. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a billion ingredients, I mean, there's like we have good palates, but we don't have super palates. I mean, these guys have super palates, and, and they get to work on this project and create something artistically that goes along with the food and the meals and the experience that they create, which is mind blowing. And then you know, you grab all these amazing things and you throw it all together, and out comes this product, which is the chef's edition, mm-hmm. and the cigar is ridiculously great um, and different, and, but it does carry the white label. You know, does it tie to the core? Some elements definitely do, but it also ties to the core in terms of the core values of, of what we do, you know? And then it's so rare and limited that it's in and out. You won't see it for another two years. You know, you just got to hope to catch one of the gastronomy events where it's featured. So I know you're a, you're a big music guy. And that's kind of, I am. and, uh, you know, I mean, what better brand for you to get your, you know, put your fingerprints on than Avo, which that's the whole, oh, the backbone of it. That's my jam. Yeah. But I, I'm interested cause you were talking about how, you know, Davidoff transcends cigars and how, you know, you go into like the art editions, another limited that you guys do the chef's yeah. edition, you know, the master collection, you know, all these different forays in, out in any and with the chef and the art that are outside the purview of cigars specifically, well, they tie it back to white label. Mm-hmm. It, um, I mean, do you foresee the opportunity to delve into the music world? Like you mentioned Kanye a, a minute ago. I mean, I mean, how cool would that? What kind of activation and experience would that be if if white label got to dip its that. toe into something like that, <laughs> right? I wouldn't even imagine that. That's just well out of this world. But um, I mean, we have the new Bryant cigar. That's kind of it's true. The, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Uh, dude, the music world. Like, we have a lot of musicians that that do um, enjoy Davidoff. I mean, a lot of mega, mega, mega people that constantly. You know, working with their people is getting them product, uh, building humidors in their homes and stuff like that. Uh, again, it's just like a, another connection to pop culture. I think it's awesome. Uh, and Ava's kind of been a blessing for that because it's part of the, the DNA of the brand. And we've been able to do a lot of really neat things with special DJs, special musicians and all that stuff. And You'll see the campaign that rolls out, but that's very much ingrained in it, uh, in the previous campaign. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. We're, we're playing in a, in a lot of different avenues of art, you know, and I say art because I'm a, like actual artist, right? You have the art edition. Uh, we, we work with a lot of musicians and a lot of fashion designers, um, and it's kind of neat, man. It's kind of neat how they all kind of come back to this one, one world of this, this kind of lifestyle that we all live. And, and it's hard to articulate because it, it's just kind of like an emotion. Mm-hmm. But if you're a part of it, for the most part, you get it. You know, like when you're smoking a cigar, you're listening to music a lot of times, you know, and anything could affect your cigar, the people you're with, the surroundings you're with. The, 
whatever you've eaten, whatever you're drinking, the music that's playing, the lighting. So like it all plays its own part into the experience of peace. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, I'd love to see something happen more with, with music and that off in the future. That'd be neat. Well, you're just the man to bring it to him, so I'm excited. Well, I don't know, man. I, there, there's there's a way bigger picture than me. Man. <laughs> there's, well, there's, a, there's a whole global department and team and different countries. And, but they know what they're doing. They're 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 sharp. Well, it's 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 been really great to see you uh, make your own stamp onto this team that we've been talking about tonight. Because I I, I was really excited when you joined the Davidoff team because I was, I really saw a lot of what we've kind of experienced the last two years. Um, and I think there's, uh, this is just the beginning for what, what you and your team are going to do. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited yeah. about that um, firsthand, but uh, these are, I, I have two last questions tonight, Eddie and, and yeah. God, God bless you, sir, for you, you tracked, tra- you know, you tracked across the entire state of Florida to be back at home tonight so that you could do this show. And I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. Um, Dude, I, I, I'm actually having a great time, man. I'm, I'm having my cigar. I'm drinking just it's conversation. <laughs> just like I work. I'm not working right now. <laughs> well, I, I still greatly appreciate it. And, uh, and uh, it really means the world to me. So these are my last two questions that we kind of already touched on this one earlier tonight, but I, and 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 I understand there's a lot that you can't discuss and everything, but I, I'm I know we're all really interested about these other brands that you guys have that have kind of not been touched, and and there's and there's a reason for that. I, I will acknowledge that it's not because you know the Cusanos, the the Baccarats, the Griffins, like they they have they have they have this 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 core platform that they're on, and they exist in this this fabric of the Davidoff universe for a reason. Um, but I know that again, the cigar nerds and us are just really aching to see a reactivation or something take place in that. Is there, I mean, it doesn't have to be in the immediate future. I mean, but is there one that's pinpointed as, is some earmark some, sometime in the not so distant future, the next five years that you guys will kind of reinvigorate in some way and same from from the, the example that i'm giving is what y'all did with camacho you acquired it it kind of stood on its own for a little bit and then then the live loud kind of thing came out you know so good question uh and i would like to say that the answer is yes because that's like a personal passion that i want to do you know, so in a matter of a few years, I'm sure it will happen. You know, when you look at these other brands like the, the Baccarat or Pisano or Griffins, and we look at them, we're like, man, nothing's happening in years. Dude, it's incredible how much these brands crush it. Like, crush it. I heard you talk about that one time. You were talking about, you were saying how you looked at the numbers and you just couldn't believe. Mind blown. Mine, I, I look at Baccarat and, it, and it's bigger than I, I'll, I'll say, say it out like loud. I, it's it's got to be bigger six, than six, it's got to be bigger six than companies like, put them together. Baccarat's bigger than them. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be bigger than some companies just by itself. Or I was going to say, like, even to pinpoint a brand with no disrespect intended, I mean, it probably blows Camacho Corojo out of the water. And I know that's a big thing for y'all. Yeah, no, for sure. But, like, you know, it, it's a brand that's so old with so much distribution and such a specific segment of the market. But, I mean, when I saw what Baccarat does, like, you know, I, I, and I was like, oh, man, I want to try to invade with something that's kind of older. Like, let me see what's going on with background. I looked at background. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is bigger than, like, half a pro cigar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is huge. Like, wow. I, you don't fix anything that's not broken and that is thriving. You know, so... Yeah, it's just kind of crazy to see that. And then, you know, you look at Griffins and Camacho and, uh, sorry, uh, Griffins and Cusano, and it's, dude, they're monster. And and you would just never, no, because, like, they don't, they don't play in that world where they're constantly coming out in, in like, blog reviews or whatnot. But, like, mm-hmm. this also has a lot to do with what I was saying earlier, that our world that we all like to, like, follow and communicate on look at reviews like it's five percent of sales it's a still large number like if you really look at numbers but like the, the massive real world like it's just so vast and there's just so many people that consume these products and they're all well made so like i get it you know um but my next passion project would be work on one of those brands to just develop something new and to bring it into our world as well to continue the growth and and, and the demand for it so it'll be i'd say you'll see something in five years for sure for sure for sure i love kusano and i i you know yeah and i would love to see a revigoration like you said a you know activation of that brand if even if you're not fixing again it's not broken so if, if you're not fixing it quote unquote with an innovation but just something to yeah. bring people back i think that would be fantastic too because i think it's yeah. it's yeah, I mean, something that kind of you'll see kusano globally do some stuff uh, i don't know about in the united states like in the, in the near future so hopefully translate into the U.S. Uh, but yeah, man, there's a lot of amazing innovation happening right now. It's really rewarding to have a catalog, if you will, of brands that you get to work with that are all just so awesome and that there's potential to to grow with, you know? Mm-hmm. So It's exciting. It's definitely exciting. It is, man. It, it's almost overwhelming. If, if that makes it like, well, where do you start first? You know, so it, it's yeah, it's neat. Well, awesome. Well, Eddie, this is our this is our final question of the night, and as always, it's our curveball segment. So, um, this is the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. Fastballs or curveballs since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park six consecutive years in the consensus top three. Yeah, I looked it up, and I even got fact checked by my good friend Mr. William Cooper. So, um, 
Tonight's curveball question is this, Eddie. Okay, so I know you have had experiences in other companies, and I know you are a cigar nerd at heart. Okay, mm-hmm. so Davidoff has as many brands in its portfolio. We just talked about that a second ago, and Davidoff did acquire Camacho years ago before you even joined the company, and has reinvigorated that and everything. So, from the cigar nerd standpoint, okay, this I'm putting you in control of Davidoff for two seconds. Well, a little bit longer than two seconds, okay? But from a creative, from the creative mind that you are, the marketing are that you are, and I, I'm not saying that there that the choice to this question, you're saying that it's lacking. I'm saying you, you personally would just love to get your marketing hands on it and do something with it. I'm letting you acquire a brand from anywhere in the universe, any brand. That Davidoff could bring in and they say, Eddie, it's yours. And you don't have to tell me what you would do with it or anything like that. But what's a brand out there that you just would, man, it's really cool. And I would, I've, I would love to put the Eddie, the Eddie Guerra twist on it. Cigar brand. Cigar brand. That's a question. There's, there's definitely some brands I'd like. Oh, man. I, ha- I have like two brands I would probably play with. So to choose one of the two would be interesting. God, I hate this question because I am a sugar at heart. Um, I'd probably go with LFD. All right. I'm I'm an LFD fan, so that's that's exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. All no, right. it, it's um Yeah, they're they're good they're they're close friends of mine, but like I just I like people that do different things. They're very different for many reasons. So yeah. I think I can have some some fun we'll talk about the polar opposite of davidoff right the nuance the mild the and everything and then you got the and then yeah i mean the bold in your face dominican gaps right right yeah gotta fill in some gaps yeah the the second the second choice would have been roma craft oh oh, okay so to 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 that fit that gap that you know polar opposite Nod to two of my favorites, man. That's fantastic. That'd be really cool. I I would like to see the Eddie Guerra twist on those two, and I think that'd be fun to see. That'd be fun to see. Well, you open the door since this, this is a curveball question. There's a second part to this question. Then you open the door with it. So you said cigar brand. You asked that question. So I'll, I'll say let's let's go outside of the cigar world. What's a brand that you would just love to work with? Not a cigar related. I'm sure this one's harder, right? Because it's, it's a lot of bigger is, choices. Man, there's so many, there's so many brands and, and so many angles I, w- I would love to work with, man. Like I just, I love seeing innovation, right? Like I get, I, I get high on innovation, you know? So if you speak of the clothing and garment world, this might catch a lot of people off guard, but Puma, 
would be one of them, right? And the reason okay. why I say Puma is you go to Puma's website, they specifically list collaboration, right? So they figured out one of the ultimate keys to marketing, which is friends help friends. And my audience plus your audience equals a larger audience. So Puma has been able to absolutely crush it in the collaboration game. You know, uh, their innovation is bonkers and off the charts. So while I'm a Nike or Adidas fan at heart, regardless, the creativity and the collaboration work that Puma does is, for me, is spectacular. Uh, and then the other brand that I would do, which may also catch people off guard, is Bacardi. And the reason why I say Bacardi is they do a lot of experiential work. Mm-hmm. So, and they put a immense amount of funds into experiential works. Like they, they go and buy old buildings and transform them into like Broadway studio with like walk through live museums with Broadway actors that kind of take it to their story of Bacardi or Havana Club or whatnot. Oh, wow. I uh, didn't know that. So, That's cool. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Um, you could Google it. It's called Amparo. There's a project that they did. It's about Amparo, who was the daughter of the people that created Havana Club in Cuba and then Party of Artists. It's like the whole story of the Cuban Revolution. Um, and they, they basically bought this, this huge house in Miami. They sunk $2 million into creating this walkthrough experience so people just understand the brand. And to believe in your brand so much that you're willing to invest funds like that and hire people that their sole job is they're taking people from Broadway and taking them to another city to act and tell the story of acting for regular consumers to walk through just to learn about your brand. You believe in your brand so much that you're willing to do that. To me, that is just, you know, amazing. That's really you know, cool. You see the bigger picture. A lot of corporations are like, I need ROI immediately. What you know, versus somebody who sees a big picture of like the ROI will come if you execute properly. It's just not right now, it's gonna be bad. You know, you gotta pull the heartstrings on people and understand that if you build it, they will come eventually. You gotta have that patience. So yeah, they would be uh, they'd be a contender. That's awesome. Yeah, that'd be, sure. that'd be really, God, that'd be fun to see. I think that that's very apropos, Bacardi, for sure. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Puma, yeah, Puma did catch me off guard. I was, I, I had a hunch you might say Air Jordan, just because we were talking about them earlier. Well, dude, you know what? I, I love them, man. I, I, I genuinely love them, and we have a really close connection with them, and they, they are groundbreaking. I mean, they're they've entered the collaboration world, uh, obviously between. Christian Dior, they're doing stuff with artists, you know, you have Travis Scott designing stuff for them, you have, you know, Jay Balvin designing stuff for them, and it's Jordan. Right. It's a billion dollar brand, you know? Um, and they're a huge Davidoff fan, so shout out Jordan. Uh, but <laughs> they're also very Jordan, and they don't need to do that much stuff, but like somebody like Puma was, it's just, every year they release 
six or seven collaborations that just sell out instantaneously and they are affecting pop culture in a generation that you may not see it now, but in seven years from now, all that hard work will show when everything is Puma. You're like, why? Because seven years ago, they went bananas. Yeah. So it, it's... Um, you heard it here first? That I admire and respect and, and yeah. Oh, awesome. You heard it here first. Puma. I like it. What? Eddie, again, I can't thank you enough for tonight and to my audience as well uh, for hanging in late. Really appreciate it. Uh, for everyone out there, we do all, always appreciate all your likes, shares, and comments. Uh, keep them coming. You can check out our, uh, our LO Sufumar page, Facebook page for upcoming guests um, and uh, some great fresh takes coming along your way. You can also check out our YouTube page, LO Sufumar. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you are listening to us later, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, again, don't forget to hit the subscribe, download, and review button. Uh, if you already are a subscriber, do me a favor. Hit the unsubscribe button, but do me a favor and hit the resubscribe button because it actually helps my numbers and allows me to keep getting <laughs> great guests uh, like our esteemed guest, Mr. Eddie Guerra, tonight. So, again, really appreciate everyone out there. And appreciate our guest as well, Eddie Guerra. Thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. Thank you. As always, I am your host, Bear Duplissy, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.